0: Praise the Lord. Well, once you really know him, and you know what he can do for you, it makes you want to share him with others, do Praise the Lord. I'm so glad that the way we understand the Lord Jesus and his grace, it's not just something that we want to necessarily have to die by. I want a religion that's good enough to live by something that will be able to help us every day of our life and make life more more fruitful Revelation 22 verse 12 through verses 14 I greet you today in the name of the Lord Jesus Behold I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be I am alpha and omega the beginning and the end the first and the last Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Let's pray together and ask God's blessings on the word today. Heavenly Fathers, we've assembled here today with thanksgiving in our heart and appreciation for what you've done for us, Lord. We ask, dear Lord Jesus, that you would just minister to every heart today, every knee, some physical needs, spiritual needs, financial needs, psychological, whatever they are. We know that your grace and mercy covers the spectrum of everything that we have need of in this life. Lord, we know when you saved us, you gave us a great big old checkbook with the name of Jesus down at the bottom. All we have to do is fill out whatever it is we have need of. We can have faith to be able to run it through the bank of heaven. Then we know there's never been an overdraft. There's never a charge back to our account insufficient funds the only problem that we have is insufficient faith not insufficient funds so help us I pray by the hearing of the word that our faith will be able to be built to a spot where we can run the check through for everything we have need of from the day we get saved until the day we leave this world Lord do you see this prayer cross that I have in my hands you know the need the request we just bring it to you today father and we're asking you for a complete deliverance by the power of God Speak to us today from your word, Lord, in Jesus' name. And the saints then. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. What a contrast between the world that we have just read about in the book of Revelation to the world that we are currently in, the world which all of us here today are partakers of, human life, human suffering, human worry, fear, Dread, anxiety of the world that we're in. But yet we know that there's another world that, of course, we're feeling the influence of being in the stream of mortal beings. There are three realms above us, three realms below us, and here we are in the middle of that stream of time. And as we are here, we cannot keep from being here without being influenced. Whether we are children of God or whether we are still unregenerate and we're still lost, as we would say. We're still influenced by that world that is what the Brother Brown identified as the underworld, and uh, whenever I read these references from statements that he ha- that he had to say and remarks that he had to say, remember that we're not dealing with just a theologian. So this is not necessarily the opinions of a uh, of a scholar or a theologian, but it is the words of a man who dealt in the realm of demons like you and I did in the world of Walmart and biscuits and eggs and gravy and all that sort of thing. So we're talking about a man that was able to uh, peer into that realm and see in that realm and to be able to understand what that realm was about and be able to come back and bring us the, the influence of what he saw. Uh, so whenever we read about this and look at it, then it, in one way it's fearful, Because we know here today, right in this building, and the knowings to us, and our eyes are held back from it, which is probably good in one way. But the angels of God are here, and yet there's demons here as well. And we know that those demons, they come to try to influence us. They come to try to uh, pull our faith away from the promise of God. Demons whisper to people while preachers are preaching. Demons whisper to people while people are being prayed for. It's not for you. It's not for you. Keep them from believing. Keep them from believing. But the angels of God are here as well. And faith is here as well. The Holy Ghost is here as well to be able to influence us in the proper way. So it will depend on which way that we living in this stream of time, which way we will allow ourselves to be influenced by let me read it to you again today, as we did last night. As I've often said, I believe in the church here. There's a role, and here lives mortal beings. Each one is in this great conglomeration of gaiety of blackness and darkness. Mortals live in here. Now they're either influenced from this way or from that way. You cannot be here a spiritual being, sinner or saint. Now, remember, sinners as well as saints are spiritual beings. The natural being dies. The spiritual being lives till the judgment, and then it goes, of course, into. The the lake of fire, but it is a spiritual being that a sinner and a saint both share without having an influence from the underworld or from the above world. If you're influenced from here, you're from above. Your celestial body is waiting up here, but if you're wicked and hypocritical and indifferent, your celestial body is down here regardless of how much you think it's up here. Because the fruit that you bear before people proves where you're from. Now, not just where you are going, but where you are from. You see, we begin at home plate, all of us, begin at home plate. As life goes on, we go from base one, two, three, and of course, we're all returning back to home plate again. Wherever we are from is exactly where we're going back to. So the influence that if God desires for his children to be able to influence is the influence of the kingdom of God. Notice this, the fruit that you bear before people proves where you're from. So notice this, you are here what you are somewhere else. Your life that you live here is just a reflecting of what your inheritance is when you leave here. Do you understand? So then the life that we live is reflected by a supernatural power, whether it is demonic or angelic whether it is satanic or heavenly and we know even the heavens themselves have been contaminated by the fall of the angels and our prayers going up into the presence of God come up through a heavily contaminated angelic world through a heavily contaminated heavenly realm and even the heavens must come through a state of restitution before all things can be finally restored but until that time the Lord Jesus in his grace has made a that we would be able to reflect heaven while we are yet in this world. Now I know it seems like a paradox, but God desires to be able to reflect heavenly life, heavenly fruit, heavenly behavior, heavenly dimension while we are yet in time as mortals, starting out living in time, quickened by eternal life, and then reflecting his own life, Living in us now, if Satan can do that from the regions of the loss, and remember when the prophet went down into the regions of the loss when he was a fourteen-year-old boy and he'd been shot by his friend with a shotgun, thought he was dying and the blood dripping from his body, of course, and the doctors didn't give him any hope, and then all of a sudden, when he felt like his soul was leaving the body and he was going out, and he saw these these faces and voices as they were coming to him, ooh. Ooh, ooh, Like this and he screamed for mama, but there was no mama there scream for daddy But no daddy there scream for God But there was no God there and he was going into this regions of the lost now It's hard for us to imagine but he said a burning flame would be something more like a pleasure Compared to what he saw so it shows that our Imagination and what we can figure of what we think hell is like that we cannot come Comprehended in reality so as a young boy he goes there because he's not ready to meet God and whenever he hears the voice am I to be here forever forever the voice says so he's falling 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 into this darkness into this sick feeling and it's sickness and it's it's fear and it's all of these emotions that are overwhelming him now remember now he's not under the blood he's not he's not made away. Of accepted God's way but before he's endlessly into that realm to where he can no longer come back the grace of God reaches and is able to break the fall thank God But yet, enough to be able to go into it to where he never wanted to go to that spot again. I hope none of us desire to go to that spot as well. Now, by doing that, he was able, of course, to share something with us to where that it would impart a hope something to all of us that we do not have a desire to enter such a place. But remember that God, by his own mercy, was the only one that would be able to stop any human being from going going there because coming from the tree of humanity by which Adam forfeited our rights to the tree of life, then we were all born lost. We were born unregenerate and we were born in the way that mortals would say it without a hope. And it seemed as if though that we were born in the sight of darkness and there would never be any way to ever regenerate us. But God who is rich in mercy in order to bring us back to a place of reconciliation. Now remember we was looking like last night at the fruit that God wanted to restore was love, joy, and all of that. But the one that we was looking at last night was peace. That God desires his children to be so influenced by the peace of God. Now the peace of God is not the peace of man. The peace of God is not just a tranquility of human life and that you're able to achieve certain things in life and then you look at those things and you think wow i've been able to accomplish this this was one of my goals i have it this is another of my goals i have it and you look at your accomplishments and you say oh i've reached my utopia i have arrived of what i want and then you think i've got a peace no the peace of god has nothing to do with any of that It is the declaration of war that was decreed between God and fallen man that God by condemnation condemned every human being that was born of a woman as Job said Job 14 man who's born of woman is a few days and full of trouble he comes like a flower and he wasteth away he comes and he's gone he said I can see the flower I can see the tree that when the tree is cut down yet through just the very scent of water that the tree will begin to sprout forth and come forth again resurrection he said but what about me I'm a man I'm a man is there no hope for me that I can be able to raise again and all of a sudden the lightning began to flash and the thunder began to roll and Job broke loose into that dimension where God showed prophets their visions and Job said I know that my redeemer liveth and though the skinworm shall devour my body, yet in my flesh I shall see God whom I shall see for myself and not another. So then God was showing that there would come a time that he would be the one who would make reconciliation by peace in order to bring humanity back. Those that desire to accept it. By condemnation in our hearts whenever we know that we are wrong, God's condemnation to every more is the declaration of war between the divine and the natural it is that God decrees this war set against fallen man then God in his mercy was able to produce a go-between a mediator if you will that would reach down between divine judgment and the justice that man deserved rightly because of he being a sinner and God was able to project his own nature into a human creation called the son of god it was the father god made manifest in a body of time because you cannot be able of course to kill spirit god so god condescended in his own act of creation and created a human body a go-between an intercessor one that would breach the be able to stand in the breach between divinity and humanity god himself of course was spirit so he could not do it. So it was through this that God made a way that peace could be restored back to man. Aren't you glad today that it is? What's this in Romans 5-1 there? Excuse me. Therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How many has that peace in your heart today? Now this is one of the first fruits, of course, of justification that will strike a person's heart. So whenever something strikes us, now it raises us from the influence of the three dimensions that are below us and the Spirit of God from above us begins to deal with our heart and is drawing us to a place of reconciliation and complete restitution. Not only are we going to be saved, but we're going to be restored back into his presence again notice then then Paul says that we have peace again he said in Colossians 1 20 having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven So now it shows us that there are things in heaven that have also fallen and they must also come under reconciliation. Remember, demons still have access into heaven. Satan still has access into a portion of heaven. But when the blood has finally cleansed, not only the earth, but the heavens of the last stage, then the heavens will be brought back into the presence of God. So how was all of this accomplished through our Lord Jesus? Well, I joined the church. Joining the church won't ever put you there. I took the preacher's hand. That won't put you there either. There's only one way back. Well, I, I, I believe the Ten Commandments. That's good, but you don't find salvation by keeping the Ten Commandments. Well, I'm an American. I'm a Christian. That don't mean no more you're saying than you're a hog. A lot of Americans aren't Christians. Being an American and being a Christian is not the same thing at all. You're a Christian because you accept God's provided way and that is not Muhammad. So God made a declaration of war and God still has that on every sinner that has not met the requirement of God. That, the own con- condemnation that God strikes a sinner's heart reviews the declaration of war between the divine and the natural man. And the reason that people will go to hell is not so much necessarily that they are wicked in the sins that they do, but because they refuse to be able to be changed we were born wicked that we had no choice of but the choice that we have is we choose to remain that way you don't have to remain oh you sound awful today well you remain that way because you want to be you could not help being born lost none of us could but we can help absolutely becoming and remaining that way or becoming a child of God that's why God will condemn you now notice this so justification when a person comes comes to the Lord Jesus, justification means that God actually declares that person entering into a stage of didacheos, the Greek word, which is made righteous. So a person then is made righteous by accepting the atonement work of the Lord Jesus. Now they still may have things in their life, habits that they're working on, which is the power of sanctification, but God justifies them freely by His grace by accepting what He did on calvary then the war the the war declaration against them being a sinner is now annihilated and eradicated so god is no longer at war with them and they are no longer at war with him because peace has been made between that person's heart and almighty god you understand that now then the battle of course changes and it becomes a battle of surrender that every christian fights from that declaration on now they're accepted in the sight of god that they are Saved. They're justified by faith, receiving the Lord Jesus, so God declares then that that person is saved, or what we would call being righteous in the first stage of justification. The release of the power of justification is so powerful. Whenever really people get justified, many of them are totally convinced they've received the Holy Ghost. Because the power of justification is so strong that it will do such a miraculous work in the heart of a sinner, that sinner feels so different than what they did before. And they say, I'm a changed person. Yes, you really are. But you still ain't born again yet well praise the Lord now one thing that you're experiencing is by the act of justification releasing the divine power of God in your life it is not released the divine nature now to make you a of the divine nature but it is the power of God that has released the work of God through justification and it actually produces peace this is the very first fruit of the work of true justification in the heart of a person that might have been a drunk alive or a whoremonger, or just a wicked, evil person. And yet they come to the Lord and they give their hearts to God and they feel so wonderful, they feel so much lighter, their burdens are lifted. What is it? The condemnation that struck their conscience, it was a sign of a declaration of war. Well, now the declaration of war has been eradicated, and they have accepted what? They have accepted the go-between the work of the Lord Jesus and what floods their soul. Peace peace that all of a sudden this just sweeps over them and maybe they're still smoking maybe they're still you know they still got things in their life that they know is not right with God but they feel so different and they feel peace maybe for the first time in their life they feel real peace they ain't even got the Holy Ghost yet Justification does what? It brings the declaration that the war between them and God is over. And they are experiencing real peace. So they can sit down, and they just, it's there, it's beyond explanation by the friend, and they're just saying, oh, this is, this is so wonderful. But many of them, what they do wrong is, they stop right there, and never go on any farther, and they say, don't you tell me I didn't get something from God. Well, of course you got something from God. We're not telling you you didn't get something, but just don't stop there. That's the first stage, that's the first work of grace, but he's got too much more than He wants to do. If you think number one is wonderful, wait till you get number two. And if you think the second work of grace is wonderful, you wait till you get number three. And then you wait till you get your body changed. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Mercy and truth have met together. Justice. And kindness of God's own heart have met together. Heaven and earth kissed and embraced. And you're the progeny of their marriage. A heart set free from sin. Oh, hallelujah. You see, before our salvation, we were reckoned in fallen Adam. Now, after our justification and our accepting by the Lord Jesus, we are reckoned no longer just in the first Adam, but in the second Adam. So we have a right standing with God. Notice this in Romans 8. Paul said, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How many wants peace? How many wants peace? You know, peace with God is only part of the the whole encompassing thing of peace. There's peace with God, but God also wants you to have peace with yourself. And God wants you to have peace as much as possible with all those that are around you. Now, come on, uh uh-oh, y'all going to get quiet on me now. And we know then, as we close the service last night, that there is a an ongoing element of this peace as it begins its outworking in the life of an individual. Now remember, we're talking about the parallel of us reflecting heaven while we're still yet here on the earth. And there is going to be peace, of course, in heaven, pure satisfaction, complete pleasure, joy, so on and so on. But I believe that as a Christian, God desires a deposit of this to be living in us while we are yet here in this life. You believe the same thing. It is a life of divine nature produced by himself. Now, this is not something that you and I do. We do not learn how to sell these scriptures and then automatically we do it. But the peace of God is actually that. It is God's peace, not our peace, reproduced. It's not our peace put on some kind of supernatural steroids. It is the peace of God now that cannot be bought it cannot be learned it cannot be educated into you it can only come by God himself giving it to you but there is also an embellishment of that peace as it was to where we learn actually become at peace with God and the war is over between our sinful nature and God that we are now wanting to find more about this peace. Now that peace is the initial stage of peace where it's the declaration of war is over and God now declares you righteous that you are a child and you're believing toward the fulfillment of the new birth and as that happens then you're now learning another stage of that peace peace, and that is the peace of self-surrender. Instead of trying to keep back a portion of yourself, oh my, I can't give that away now. I can't give that up. I can't give that up. Well, you can have the peace of God that the war is over between you and God as far as your sinful nature. But still be arguing with God and dealing with God. Now, God, this is my private life. Now, don't you tell me what kind of music to listen to, God. Don't you tell me I can't do this and I can't go there and I can't God. No, 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 God you save me but you leave my clothes in my closet alone well now now you're struggling with that piece of subjecting self will now there's, a, there's an element of humanity they really really struggle without part of giving to God it's like there's a fear that so grips their hearts they're so afraid of what God will do what are you afraid of What do you think he's going to do to you that you would be willing to hold back a part of yourself and not give it to him? Now look, friend, uh, you know, we realize that as human beings, each of us have problems in our lives. Is there anybody here that don't have any issues today? I guess I better keep preaching that. Anybody here don't have any problems? You notice my hands went up, didn't you? You notice, Brother Terry's went up. These other preachers, the deacons, uh, Brother Jim Babb—we all have great respect for Brother Jim Babb. His hands is locked down by his sides. I mean, it, <laughs> why? Because we are human beings. And yet we know that trusting in the Lord Jesus imparts such a release from the war between us and God. But then it moves into this other stage of now being a Christian that wants to totally surrender everything to God. Now this part, of course, is a prolonged process that can go for decades of our lives to where we finally get to a spot. We know, as with the prophet, that he surrendered his heart to the Lord whenever he was a very young man. But yet he was still dealt with different things about his gift and his calling and wanting to be accepted by people and so on and so on is that right so it's the same with us and the more we learn how to surrender the more the peace of surrender will overwhelm our heart now that peace of surrender is not the peace of acceptance when we were first saved but it is a different aspect of peace but it is a furtherance of the peace of God notice in Romans fourteen seventeen, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost Amen. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 13 11, Finally brethren, farewell Be perfect, be of good comfort Be of one mind Live in peace Now I realize folks don't think this is very deep And they don't have a whole lot of meat to it They think, but apparently it must The Bible sure mentions it a lot So a person can be filled with the Holy Ghost And not have the peace of God In their heart Now it's not that it is not there in seed form If they have the Holy Ghost It is there, but peace is something We must allow the peace giver to live out of us or we will constantly be all torn up about this and that and the other trying to fix this problem and that problem and the devil knows for a lot of us the problems that we worry about we can't fix no how. So when it's all said and done and we lose sleep and we wring our hands and we're tore all two pieces and take nerve pills and we take Tagament and Zantac and everything else for all of our stomach issues and when we get all done and we took all the meds and we still ain't fixing one of them. So wouldn't we have been better off to have committed it to God and say, God, I don't know what to do. I'm doing my best, but I don't know what to do. You see, my son, my daughter, my husband, or whatever, I just don't know what to do, God. I need peace about this situation. Amen. Notice in Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep Brother Terry, when I looked at this this morning, I thought, no, no, there's no way I've read this for 50 years and never looked at this word. No way. But there was a way I missed it. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds. Look at the word keep. Keep with a garrison. To guard. Protect by a military guard. Either to prevent hostile invasion or to keep the inhabitants of a besieged city from flight. Praise be to God. I I, I thought revelation did that. I thought emotion did that peace does it look at the power by which almighty God has designated that peace is supposed to do look now we would never think that peace would be a garrison We would never always think, faith, faith is the one that's got muscle, faith's got hair on his chest, faith is that. But God said, no, when it comes to keeping your heart and your mind, it ain't going to be faith that's going to do it. It ain't going to be shouting that's going to do it. It ain't going to be outbursts of great emotion. I'm going to let peace do it. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Jesus notice this and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus again Caution 315 now for those of you that wasn't with us last night, I read this and I apologize to those that was here and I told them they're going to hear it again today so here we go twice for those of you that are here let the peace of God rule your hearts the word rule means to be an umpire to decide determine direct also looked this up on my phone a few moments ago before I come out of the That Dictionary an umpire is one having authority to decide a controversy between two parties Hallelujah! So let the peace of God be the umpire when you're in such distress and you're between thoughts and you're between decisions and the flesh is saying you can't do it and the devil is saying you're ruined. This is the end of it. Let the peace of God say shut up. Shut up. I am not at war with God. Amen. I am not lost. I am. I'm not at war, I am at peace with God. Now once again you're saying, why did not Paul tell him that revelation? Why didn't he say let deep mysteries? Can't you see why Satan, Satan knows this Bible? Can't you see why he wants to steal our peace? Peace is your umpire. And if the umpire says, you're at home base, and the umpire says, walk! Right. And the devil said, he struck out. I said, walk. Right. That's not right. It's not fair. Leave home base and start your journey. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know what the end of this game is, don't you? Get all them back home who left home and get them all back to what stage? First base, second base, third base. And then what do they do? They wind up back on home plate. foundation of the world you are mine I love you you are mine oh the devil will scream it's about that game it's unfair somebody paid off the umpire no the umpire paid me off He paid off your debt. He paid off my debt. My judge became my attorney. You're right, devil. (laughs) Praise be to God. Let the peace of God be the umpire in your hearts which also ye are called in one body and be thankful so I wonder then when trouble comes anxiety, stress bad doctor's report, a bad x-ray you know, whatever whatever it is wonder what the umpire wants to say now will he say get all stressed out I mean, just freak out. Just just go crazy. Go, go nuts. Forget everything God's done in the past for you. The umpire will say, I'm the Lord that healeth you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But look at the second word in this verse. And Let. No matter how much the authority of the umpire can stand there, his declaration can loose you from that fear. But he can only do it if you choose to let him. Oh, but this one's in my family. Oh, God, i feared this all my life. Oh, no, no, oh, no, no. You're not letting him. Now this is the peace of God that Paul is not now directing to a lost man. This is not to a sinner. It is to somebody that settled the war, but they're just learning how to live a victorious, peaceful life. Oh my. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ Somebody's gonna be alive to fulfill that scripture right down to the body I hope I'm one of them don't you 2nd Thessalonians 3:16. 16 Now the Lord of people give you peace every Sunday when you come to church or once every now and then anyway, whether you need it or not. Maybe on Easter and maybe twice on Christmas. Always you understand Paul's desire was that the Prince of Peace always have an outlet into our inlet by which peace can flow as an undisturbed torrent of the rivers of mercies. Praise be to God. Isn't this amazing little brother Terry's not dealing with this as though this was automatic? You know you're a Christian it's just automatic. It's not automatic, it's about surrender. This is why Satan don't want us to. Now the Lord of peace, he says himself, give you peace always. This is a prayer for not occasional peace, but continuous peace. I need help this morning, Lord. Y'all ever have your continuous peace interrupted? And continuous peace turns into what? Occasional peace. And then before long, you're not even remember when the last time was you had any peace. Because you're so torn up. And are we saved? Of course. Are we Christians? Yes. But Satan wants to rob you as the bride of your fruit the way he did the original bride tree. So we come to church and we go through the motion and we clap our hands and we pray and we're doing it without fire, we're doing it without passion. Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. Which means manner, conversation, way, fashion, manner of life, or character. By all means, Paul said, in every way possible. Whether by preaching, whether by singing, whether by praying, whether by shouting, if passing a church sign on the side of the road, if seeing a beautiful sunset or a beautiful sunrise, whatever means it is, may God strike your heart with peace. Well, apparently, Paul felt like peace was an imperative to a walk of God for a Christian. So this peace includes reconciliation to God first, but also peace with one another. Now that I do expect from this point on the amens will become less. Some of you just out of listening, and some of you hopefully it won't be anger, but notice Paul says in Romans twelve eighteen, if it be impossible. As much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. Now, from the very onset of this scripture, it shows us that there are times that it will be impossible. Why? Because you're not just dealing with yourself and God. If you want peace with God, there's nobody can stop it if you want it. But when you're dealing between peace and you and a brother or a sister or a friend or a neighbor or, you know, even somebody in your family, it's not just dependent upon you. It's also dependent upon them. I love the way Paul says this because unlike many narrow minded Christians that would blame you when you do everything you know to do to make peace and they want to blame you because it's not there Paul knew better than that so Paul said if it is possible as much as it is possible and it lieth within you make peace with all men well I knew it would be this way when I started saying this this morning but Isn't it amazing that, you know, he doesn't say all things are possible to them that believe, we know that. But here we find a situation that he's putting it, Brother Tom, and saying in reality, I know. I know why he had dealt with some of these himself. I know there are instances as hard as you try, you'll never be able to have peace between them. But you can do this. You can have peace toward them in your heart. Oh my. Now listen, there's not a child of God in this place today and one that'll hear this service no matter where they are around the world, that if there's any contention between you or a brother or a sister in the spirit or in the flesh or a family member, friend, or somebody you work with, there's something about it that bothers you. We don't want it there. We don't want contentions and, and the difficulty. Not if you're a Christian, you don't. Well you say I like trouble, then you're not a Christian. I like causing trouble. Well, come up here and let me cast that devil out of you right now. Then we'll go on with the service. Jesus said, blessed are the the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. He never did say, blessed are the troublemakers. They're cursed. Now, I've come to this fact a long time ago that troubled people cause trouble. And even though they may live in a peaceful environment, until they absorb that very cause of peace within themselves, they will cause trouble in a peaceful atmosphere. Now, you take a church that loves God and say, you know, hundreds of the people there love God, and they just want to go to church and have church and serve the Lord, all it takes is one long-tongue blabbermouth troublemaker. And boy, they get in the church, whether it's man, woman, deacon, trustee, preacher, or whatever more. You set that one troublemaker among them and they'll go to this one. I don't like the music, do you? I don't like it. Why in the world is he standing up there and carry on that? Well, I think it's about time we get a new preacher. I'm just about of the same mindset. I think we need to do this. I think we need to do that. You take them same people out, set them in another church, and the same thing will follow them there. Take them same people out, set them in another church, and they can't understand it to save their life. Why, everywhere they go, there ain't no perfect churches. Duh. Why? Because they are troubled people and they take trouble with them everywhere they go. But peacemakers take peace with them everywhere they go. Why? They are born of peace. So we do our best to endeavor to have peace. I don't raise your hands this morning but I wonder how many of you As soon as I mention this, a circumstance, a situation comes in your mind between you and a brother, you and a sister. Maybe it's a fleshly brother or sister. Maybe it's you and your mother. Maybe it's a father. Oh, Lord. I don't know when I've ever heard y'all so quiet just like that. Silence in Happy Valley for 30 minutes. It wasn't because the seals was open, was it? (laughs) Does that make you feel good? Does it make you feel good because there is a difference between you and someone, and no matter what you've tried to do to make reconciliation, you just can't seem to make it happen? But what Satan will do if we're not careful, he will take that interrupted peace between you and someone else. And bring it on down to interrupt your personal peace. Because every time their name is mentioned, you feel bad. What well, if you're the cause of it, you walk to. But if you've done everything you know to do. And it seems like every time you turn and every direction you look. And when you try, you make the situation worse. I'll tell you what you need this morning. You need to come to peace with that situation and commit it to God and say, God, I don't know what else to do. If there is anything left on my part, please show me. But until you do, I want peace about this in my heart. Come on now, saints. Why? Because if we don't do it, it will eat on our peace. It will eat on our happiness, and let's just face the facts. Some folks will never believe what we believe. Some of them hate you because of your stand for the Word of God. They hate you for the way you dress and this and that. And the only way to please them is compromise, and we will never do that. Some of them would actually assault us if they could get by with it. As a preacher told me a few years ago, he said, Brother Donnie, there's some folks in this message that hate you so bad, they would kill you. He said, I was just in a certain state and I heard some of them talking. He said, they would take your life if they felt they could get by with it. Some of y'all thought this was a regular vest. It's bulletproof, actually. (laughs) So, I can sit around that and worry about that every day. (laughs) It's just a June bug, it's okay. I thought it was an AK-47. That that person's looking funny at me. (laughs) Or I can go on and have peace of God in my heart. Which do you want to do? Set to friends. Now, this is not something that the Holy Ghost will do for us. He sent the umpire there, but you've got to let the umpire rule. You see, whenever a grievance, a situation comes up, and we try best to bring resolve, peaceful resolve, and no matter what we do, it seems like it gets worse and more intense then Satan will turn it on you as a believer because the peacemaker is always the one who feels the worst about it. And then there will always be people who are so one-sided and their view is about like this. So they look only at one side and what I found amazing is that they will accuse the peacemaker of the wrongdoing. Well, it's warm in here this morning. Now some of y'all should sort have of said amen since you're guilty as a hound dog in the hen house. You see, some of y'all that accuse other people of sin—it it's a display of your ignorance. It shows you only know one half of the story. Not even half. Thank you, Jesus. Well, sorry you visitors, whoever you are here today, had to come in amongst this hide-skinning, but that's the way it is. Just. You see, it comes down, friends, to where that the Christian is only responsible when they've done all they can do. They're only responsible for themselves. I've got all kinds of enemies around the world, but I hate nobody. None. Which is a miracle. I'm so happy for that. I'm so happy. I ain't got no envy, no stride, no hatred. Oh, there's folks that, my, if they ever hear Donny Reagan die, it'll be the first time in their life they ever shouted. But they'll shout, boy, it'll rain all the way around the world from the message, praise God, that devil's gone. I ain't no devil. <laughs> Why? Because, oh my, they think I am. Well, there again, I can go around and try to write letters to everybody, try to apologize to everybody, or I can be a Christian and forgive them as in Christ's stead, and I can keep on studying the Word and feeding you. So you can go on and be a Christian, or you can sit around and worry and worry and worry and talk about it and talk about it and talk about it, and what is all of your talking about it Done. I disagree with you on that. It's made it worse. Matthew chapter 5 verse 9. Blessed. How many of y'all know how to make peace? Few of you? Well, the rest of y'all make trouble. This ought to be one of the goals of our life. Look here, Jesus, don't say, blessed are they that jerk. Blessed are they that shout. Blessed are they that scream to the top of their voice. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. You talking about an epitome of the life of a child of God? This is one of the truest identification that you'll ever see. They are peacemakers. How can we ever do that? We cannot do it by ourselves. Only the God of peace living in you can make peace. <laughs> you see, those who strive to prevent contention and war, and those who strive to bring peace when the war has broke out. And also those that have to come to a painful resolve. I don't know anything else to do but commit it to God. But let's be honest, when we do that, we still feel like we have failed. Because it's in us to make peace, it's in us. To bring peace in the time of trouble. Much less between saints and brothers and family members. Boy, the longer I go, the quieter you all get. Well, I think while I'm here, I'll just go ahead and preach. <laughs> Some of you're trying to nudge me along. I feel you pushing, but I shall not be, I shall not be moved. <laughs> Friends, it's sad to say, we've got folks in the message that brothers won't speak to brothers. We've got folks in the message that fathers and mothers won't speak to children because of a doctrinal issue that they have in the message. We've got preachers that will not speak to preachers and yet we're all going to the same heaven. So what have we got? We've got different portions in heaven and we've got like subdivisions in heaven where the seven thunder people live in one subdivision and then the Perusia people live in another. Is that the way heaven is? So we got a Baptist section in heaven and then a Methodist section in heaven. Well, there's got to be because the Baptists won't shake hands with the Methodists and neither one of them won't shake hands with the Pentecostal and they sure don't want to go to heaven with a bunch of shouting, screaming, and hollering, people. So heaven must have all these different sections up there. Psalm thirty-four, fourteen: Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Which means to overtake it. Grab it with all your might. Do everything you can to get it. And once you get it, Can I go on a little further? Thank you. First Timothy two, 1 Timothy 2:1. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet, God. a quiet and peaceable life. I'm sorry, this is the first time some of you have ever heard that scripture in your life. I know it's not deep. I know, I know. It's not profound. It's not one of the scriptures that makes you sit there and scratch your head and say, wow. It just affects you when you get up in the morning. When you lay down at night. When you eat your meals. To live a quiet and peaceable life. In all goodness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. Well, if it's good for him, it's good for me. I want this kind of a life. I know some of y'all have that. You think you've got to be kidding the way you preach and the way you do. That ain't because it has nothing to do with me. Don't think that I cause trouble because I want to cause trouble. Don't think that a real child of God, whenever they stand for truth, Arrhenius was not a troublemaker by nature. Paul was not a troublemaker by nature. He stood for what was right. The heart of a child of God is peace. Let me close with this. It'll be one of the crowning achievements of the blood of Jesus Christ to have a people on the entirety of the earth. When the rapture takes place, they won't just be casting out devils, laying hands on the sick, but they'll have peace. Joy, goodness, long suffering, gentleness in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Let's stand. Okay, let's go over a little bit. Past Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, there. Won't you listen to this quote? The Holy Spirit will make every movement like Christ. It'll make you Christ-like. The fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness, patience, faith. Those things are what the Holy Spirit controls our emotions. Our emotions is not so much as jumping up and down. You could do that. A shindig will bring that to you. Now, we don't want a church shindig. But the Holy Spirit brings you into operation or in control of God that you walk in peace and in love and in joy with long-suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness, patience. You see, it isn't something that you do. It's something the Holy Spirit does in you. You see, it's no longer an intellectual thought of your own. It's a subconscious moving of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I wish I could shout the praises of God around the world to that. Church of the living God. That's where our Pentecostal move failed. We have some man-made musical clap hands jump up and down emotion. motion. When if we go back out on the street and the Holy Spirit doesn't govern our lives to cooperate with that, we have not got the Holy Spirit. That's not skim milk, but brother... That's what the church needs. Only life can come by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise God. Let me read this to you in James chapter three, verse eighteen, Brother Cape. Go there. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them. That make peace the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace can't you see friends why a troublemaker a sower of discord god hates it in a body whether it's in a church body or a family body god hates it why it's the nature of the serpent praise god i want to be a peacemaker And I also want to come to this spot in my life, and I've had to many times. Oh, Brother Randy, it breaks my heart when I have to. When you try to reconcile and you try to fix something between you and a brother. A lot of times it's not even your fault. And I went the high road just like you have many times. and, And accepted the fault and the blame for things I never even done. In order to try to make peace. And no matter what you do, it seems like you can't do it. I'm just being honest with you today, okay? I'm just opening my heart to you. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life is to come to that spot and ask God to give me a peace about the situation when it seems I've exhausted every other thing I know to do. does that mean I forget about it? Oh, no. No. I still will contact brothers. Hmm. I will still contact preachers with a text or email or WhatsApp or whatever more. And to try to mend the breach and the gap. How you doing? This, that, the other. One-liners. Okay, how are you? But if I don't come to peace with that myself... It will rob my peace. It will rob my joy. And believe it or not, eventually, you'll be robbed. Keep in mind, this life is bigger than just you. It's not all about you. You're only a very small piece in reality. All of us as a family of God are tied together and we need one another. So if Satan can affect your peace and it affects your husband or your wife or your children or your church family or this or that or the other I think it's time we serve notice on him and say from this time on if you've got a problem go to my umpire. I'm not arguing with you anymore devil. I'm not arguing with you. From today on, by God's help, I'm going to let the peace of God rule my heart and my mind. And if the umpire says, I've done all I know to do, then I'm going to take what the umpire says. Amen. Peace of God, cover us, Lord. And he needs more peace. I mean, he needs to let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let's bow our heads together, if you would. Lord Jesus, I realize what a paradox this is today, living in such a troubled world, when people are looking to alcohol and smoking, and they fill their minds and their spirits with worldly lewdness and pleasures to try to drown the lack of peace within their soul. And then, Lord, what makes us so sad, even that many Christians would do likewise. They look to so many other things than you for the peace of God. Lord, many of us, no doubt today, the war has been settled many years ago. Hallelujah. Our nature is not warring against you as far as the sin nature. But it's just being able to give up, being able to surrender. Lord, we know how Satan works. When there's an issue between us, we'll take it into our own hands so many times and try to fix it. The devil knows we're only fixing to make it bigger. Because we've took it out of your hands. And we're trying to do it ourselves. Help us, Father, I pray. Lord, I say to you today, I need peace in a greater way than I've ever needed it. One day these people will see and understand. Lord God, these things they may think are so simple, yet they can be so profound in the effect they have on our lives if we allow them to. I need it, Jesus. I believe I can speak for the majority of them and say they need it as well. Lord, I haven't been at war with you for decades. I'm not running from your will. I'm not running. Lord, as far as I know, my heart, my life, my soul is surrendered to you. But Lord, I get put in dilemmas and situations at times, just like these good people do. And my fear grips me anxiety and worry. Especially, Lord, when I can't fix it and I feel defeated. But thank you for this scripture, Lord. Paul knew there would be situations in life that would never be able to make peace for because the other party is not willing to make peace. But this is what I so love about you, that even though we may not be able to make peace with the other person in that sense, we can have peace in our heart toward that person. We feel nothing wrong against them. No hatred, no animosity, no strife. And we hope and pray that one day that relationship can be restored. But Lord, there's a peace that we have to come to if not. We will become so absorbed into it. It robs us. Forgive me, Jesus. Lord, you see there's some situations, dear God, that I'm handed with from time to time Lord I'm in one now that oh God I need your help it's not me it's not about me it's not about our church but God I need your wisdom And in the midst of such strains, Satan tries to rob our peace of believing that you'll help us Help me, help each man, woman, boy and girl today, Father. That by whatever means, by all means, at all times, under all circumstances, we can have the peace of God. Praise God. How many with me this morning would raise your hands as a sign of surrender to the Lord? Lord, I need more of your peace. Peace in the midst of my troubles and my dilemmas when I don't know what to do. Lord Jesus, I'll raise both my hands, Father. I'm not ashamed to stand here today and say that I'm needy as well as these people, are, Father. You didn't promise us, Lord, that life would be easy and our position would render everything happy-go-lucky, as it were. You told us there'd be problems and things that we'd face. But I still believe there can be peace in the midst of such things. Maybe some of them today hear, Lord, they've got family problems and they've tried to work it out. And restitution, it just seems like there's no hope in sight. Would you just give them peace, Father, if they've done all that they know to do? If they haven't, show them today. If they need to put forth more effort, then help them to see that. But if they have, and they've exhausted everything they know to do, let them at least have a peace that they've done all they can do for now. Would you grant it, Lord? Oh, Jesus, we love you, Father. Peace of God, cover us today, Lord Jesus. Peace of God, when we're just moments before the annihilation of our nation. Russia, just last week, firing a new super-powered missile from underwater submarines letting footage of it be released through power of intimidation to America we know she's got us in her sights but Lord God we've got a promise that your prophet said before one bomb ever hit the bride would leave this world in a rapture So, Lord, while they rattle their sabers, and they do all this and that and the other at the UN, we have the peace of God. Praise God. We love you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for revelation. I thank you for deep mysteries. I thank you for shouting. I thank you for joy. But today, I thank you for peace, Lord. Praise God. I thank you for peace. It only makes me feel bad after looking at this, Lord, as I look back at my life and I realize I've let the thief rob me of much of my peace. And for that I say to you today, I am so sorry. Forgive me, Lord. I've let the thief rob me of my joy, my peace. I'm sorry. Help me from this day forward, Lord. To be more of what you want me to be. Let's sing that song here. Peace of God. Can we just sing together? You want to just worship Him just a little bit before we go? Praise God. Peace of God. Cover me. Cover me. Cover service last night you've seen as I left praying for a person here the Lord led me directly to Brother Fred Perry sitting there in the front laid my hands on his feet and his legs I didn't know exactly what his needs was I got an email from him before I got home said he'd hurt his leg and his leg was all swollen pins and needles sticking in his feet couldn't stand up you think God was mindful of our brother? well you think he loved him anymore and he loves you today mindful of your needs your desires your lack of peace or what have you gone through children he cares for us
1: oh, yeah.
0: most of you know sister Jill and her story and she's been dealing with this battle in her body <clears throat> been taking dialysis and they're wanting to change it around a little bit and put Something in her, in her body there to be able to minister to her. But she's just asking God today to restore her kidneys back to their function. And maybe God could do something like that. You see my little daughter Erica standing right there? She's had a kidney situation all of her life. Took us years before we found out what it was. Doctors told her when she got with child or set of twins that she'd probably have to go on dialysis. Me and Carol came here years ago. We went to UT. And they were going to go through both of us, scan us to see which one was the closest to be able to give our daughter one of our kidneys. Carol was the closest one. We told that doctor, we're Christians, and we believe in a prayer. He said, well, I'm the answer to your prayers." Kind of cocky, you know, the way doctors can be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, well, we'll give you this. We'll give you trial, We'll do this and that and the other. <laughs> but it just so happened... I have a lot of friends in high places. (laughs) They know how to contact the Almighty God. The kidney function went down to about 30%. He said, we're going to have to do something. We're going to have to do something. We started contacting our brothers and sisters around the world, and you all were part of them. We started praying, and God brought it up. Whenever she was pregnant with her first set of twins, the doctor said, dialysis, there's no question about it. You'll have to go on dialysis. God said, look at this. So instead of her kidney function going down, God sent it up higher. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Second set of twins, the doctor said you have to go on dialysis. God said, watch this again. Oh, yeah. Instead of it going lower, it went higher. Yes. After she delivered the babies, it went lower again. Uh, couldn't the same God who sent it higher kept it higher? But see, we have to have peace when it's higher. But the same peace of God helps you when it's lower. This sister right here today is an absolute walking miracle. And the same God that's done all the rest can take care of this. Let's just believe together as a body. They wanted me to mention this to you so you'd be able to know it and pray with them. Heavenly Father, we lay our hands upon our sister today. We're thankful for her testimony. Lord, she's been through so much. Not only her, her precious husband, family. And Lord God, as a church family, we've cried, shed many tears with them, Lord. We're bringing them before you today. Father, you see what the doctors want to do as far as this dialysis. But you're the great kidney maker, Lord God. We bring her to you today, Father, and we call the name of Jesus. We ask you now, Father, in Jesus' name, that you'd move for our sister. We lay our hands on her in obedience to your word and we call that all-powerful name of Jesus May the Spirit of God move for our sister's kidneys Lord God We declare today that you are the same yesterday today and forever May the peace of God flood their hearts that the Almighty God is a way maker He is Alpha and Omega the beginning and the end the first and the last Father in the name of Jesus we commit this situation to you Lord Lord in the name of Jesus, praise God, praise God, Lord Jesus, Father you see the need in our brother's body, we lay our hands on him, God, may you touch him, I pray Lord, may this virus leave his body now Lord, in the name of Jesus, touch him and make him well.
1: down. No more wavering or wandering. Now I'm standing on solid ground. Yeah,